Today we're joined by Madeline, who is the founder of Customization. Customization supports businesses to increase retention, to decrease customer acquisition costs and grow customer bases through the power of community. I've spent practically my whole career launching or growing subscription or membership businesses in media, entertainment and the professional services sector. When you can move people from being a customer, for instance, into being a fan, that's when they start becoming your advocates. That's when they start helping out with first and customer support kind of unintentionally. You know, why is it that some organizations harness that or get that real passion from their customers? Like people were happy to drop their Netflix subscription for a few months while they wait for something else to come out while they watch something, you know, go back a few years and people would just have everything. And now people were like, oh, I can be a bit more savvy about this. In my opinion, Netflix does not do very well on the community element. It's a very transactional relationship with the organization. Madeline, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hello and welcome to the Digital Community Leaders Podcast, where we chat with community managers, champions and founders about their experience leading and supporting digital communities. My name is Pete Heslop and I lead the team at Steadfast Collective and we exist to craft digital applications that bring people together. We created the Digital Community Leaders Podcast to be a bite-sized look into what it takes to grow start and scale digital communities. Today we're joined by Madeline, who is the founder of Customization. Madeline, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hello, and so so pleased to join you today. It's brilliant. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Very excited to chat with you. Um, so hello everyone, my name is Madeleine Milne and I am founder of Customization.com, as Pete told you. Um, Customization uh, supports businesses to increase retention um, to decrease customer acquisition costs and grow customer bases through the power of community. Um, I've spent practically my whole career launching or growing um, subscription or membership businesses in media, entertainment and the professional services sector. Um, and I decided to set up customization.com as I saw firsthand through the work that I did um, the impact, the empowering your customers and, um, uh, um, what's the word, encouraging their advocacy and their enthusiasm, listening to what they have to say and respecting their opinion has huge impact on business outcomes, huge positive impact on business outcomes, I should say. So that is a bit about me. My career is, as I say, gone across media, entertainment and professional services. I started out in magazine publishing um, I then launched and grew a digital music subscription business, business sorry, um, that in the end uh, had a community of over 50,000 avid music fans. Um, I was at a time for at a national newspaper, um, and then most recently I've been helping to run a professional services uh, membership organization that was supporting predominantly women to get non-executive uh, positions. Um, and during my time, we grew the community to over 40,000 members, um, and it's now probably the most effective um, community for people who, are, who have boardroom aspirations, basically. Um, so I've been working in many, many different sectors, but the sort of common theme or, or theme that runs through it all is membership and subscription services. Um, and by have, have they changed over the years? Um, but yes. Looking forward to chatting chatting to you today. Yeah, that's really exciting. So 
back when you were working in the kind of music publishing kind of world, um, I'm guessing the initial plan wasn't to start a community, but that was secondary to kind of success of what was going on. Is, is that what was happening? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would say over the years that I've worked, and it's been over 20, to show my age, um, over 20 in this space. I mean, back in the day, uh, I would say that the whole subscription space was a little bit more, uh, how could I say it, sort of undercover in its in its mechanisms. So, you know, there'd be free trials. I don't know if you remember the days where you'd have, you know, take out a free trial, you'd have to put in your credit card details, and then the organization might not remind you that it's going to uh, go on to paid. Um, then we had the rise of sort of product-led subscription offerings because of the amazing technological advances that we saw through Amazon and Netflix and so forth, and uh, offerings like Prime. Um, and then what I've what's happened, I feel, is that um, consumer behavior has hugely changed. Um, so consumers are very much, you know, wanting to be involved with what organizations are doing. They're much more uh, purpose-driven and values-led. Um, and so they want to know what uh, products stand for. Um, and as a result, uh, what, I'm, what I say is that it's now the time for community because the community can, if you engage your customers in what you're doing, you're much more likely to be more successful and grow, basically. Um, so, yeah, as I say, at the start of all my experience, it was very sort of transactional. And actually, a lot of the work I'm doing at the moment is helping membership and subscription organizations to move from that more transactional uh, behavior to one where you're much more involved with your customers um, mm. and you're sort of uh, engaging with them and, and bringing them with you. Yeah, definitely. So developing communities. Yeah, for sure. And in that, it's kind of, you know, when you can move people from being a customer, for instance, into being a fan, that's when they start becoming your advocates. That's when they start helping out with first line customer support, kind of unintentionally on, on social media or in forums. And before you know it, you've kind of got this group of people who are passionate about a product, which is ultimately is, it could be quite dull. Like, let's take um, like Monzo Bank, for instance, like they started their community in their forum what is ultimately quite a boring product, it's banking, it's it's moving money from one place to another, um, have a really loyal fan base of people who will happily get involved in beta programs, testing things, telling other people about it, all because that community that built up in the early days of uh, we're Monzo people, and before that it was called Mondo, but yeah, it, it Monzo people. Was it called Mondo? I did not know that. Yeah, and then there was um, a legal case, so they had to change it. So I've got an original Mondo card. I was okay. a, I, I was an early person uh, in, in the program. Um, so yeah, they changed it um, about a couple of so years. So cool, and I bet. Yeah, I mean, are you as a big an advocate as you were at the start? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I've, I'm still really yeah keen, still really happy with where we're at um, with it and everything. So Good. it's obviously become a lot more mainstream now. So it's a lot. The community is is less tight, but I still feel involved in what's going on, and I'm still a shareholder and and whatnot. When they did their crowdfunding, so yeah, brilliant, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's it's incredibly interesting to look at all these case studies. Where you know, why is it that some organisations harness that or get that real sort of passion from their customers? Um, I mean, my specialization is very much paid for communities. So as I say, mm. membership organizations or traditionally what would be known as subscription businesses. 
But even they, you know, they have a community because, well, you can develop a community with them um, if you sort of bring your customers with you. So if you take your example of Monzo, that's not a paid for community, but the people, the early adopters felt very involved with what the business mm-hmm. was doing. So you you liked what they stood for. Um, yeah. They included you. They wanted to hear your voice. They wanted your um, uh, involvement. Um, and it's it's so powerful. Yeah. Look at the size of them now. Yeah, for sure. I, I, quite, quite a few years ago, I read a book called um, Rework. And there's a section there, which I always remember, called um, When You Are Marketing Your Business, You Should Be Emulating Chefs. Just because you tell everybody how what and why you do something doesn't mean someone's just going to set up shop next door and open the new you know Gordon Ramsay restaurant to the same quality and community is very much the same you you want those leading the community to be telling people what the future plans are you know people love seeing behind the curtain and that happens more so than ever in community um because people want to feel a a part of it don't they like especially having you know been through the whole COVID thing people want to feel part of often small niche communities and they want to feel part of a place where people have their back and they have a say. Um, And quite often in traditional corporate businesses, some of which we, we work with that they get worried about telling people future plans and, you know, almost saying too much, like, you know, a competitor might, might steal that idea. And I'm thinking, I mean, they might do, but if you had a loyal fan base following you, I don't think it would really matter. Exactly. And, you know, if that is your main concern that someone might copy something, I mean, obviously you've got IP issues, you know, and obviously you have to protect your IP, but I'm with you 100%. If that's your main concern that someone might copy something of yours um, and that might be the breaking of your, of your company, then I think you've got some other issues to deal with. um, Potentially. (laughs) That's fair enough. But it's very interesting because your point about the COVID, like someone was saying to me the other day, you know, why is it that community is so sort of like a hot topic at the moment in particular? Um, And we can't sort of get away from the fact, well, I mean, I think you can't get away from the fact that we've all come through COVID and we've all been locked up in our houses and we are all human and uh, are absolutely sort of desperate for human connection and, you know, and a place to belong, as you said. Um, But added to that, uh, there's, you know, the whole thing about the... um, uh what's it called sorry the um oh gosh what's my what's the word you know um yeah the loneliness epidemic like people are just so lonely there's loads of reports on it now and it's so unhealthy for us so there's the one side of the customers being or people being lonely and being in their homes working from home there's also the fact that they're much more values-led and purpose-driven but then on the business side, you've got a massive influx of new businesses coming to market because the sort of barrier to entry is so low. You've got so many no-code, brilliant options like Shopify, and you've got various, yeah. you know, square space so you can set up your website and so forth. So you've got the market being flooded by, you know, in my, you know, my sector, you know, lots of subscription services, for example. Um, and so it's much more difficult for businesses to get cut through, you know, because it's not only noisier, but it's also therefore more expensive to get your message across, uh, you know, on, you know, through advertising and so forth. So you've got this sort of, you know, uh, coming together of two, two sides of things, what with the customer side of things and the change in, you know, what's been going on with us as a society. Um, and then also obviously businesses. Um, so it's, it's very interesting. And, and 
So although community has been around way before uh, COVID and so forth, I, I do think it's a quite a sort of turning point now. Yeah. In in your world of working with membership organisations, um, I saw a tweet recently which was, it feels like we've all just accepted that we're going to pay £10 a month for the rest of our lives to listen to music on Spotify. Um, are you starting to feel people becoming a little bit burnt out with monthly subscriptions just leaving their bank or have you not really felt any impact of people kind of um, growing a little bit tired of having to spend everything being a monthly subscription? Yeah, I mean, it's a very interesting question, that, um, and it's, a, you know, an area that we're working in um, around a lot, actually, at the moment, because, you know, yes, organisations are seeing a, an increase in churn. Mm -hmm. um, why are they seeing that? Well, because, you know, as you say, a little bit, perhaps, you know, um, getting a bit tired of all these subscription costs that are going out the door, but also obviously we're living through a massive um, cost of living crisis. Yeah. So people are looking at their, dis at their discretionary spend, discretionary spend. Um, can't get that word out, sorry. Um, and, uh, and so subscription businesses are under pressure big time on, you know, offering a really good service. And I think mm. with all of it, customers expect a great product. That, that's mm -hmm. not question no question about that you know they're expecting a pretty high level of product um but what is sort of the game changer or the um uh the differentiator for organizations is that the ones that have the community offering so like for example spotify has a great community offering those mm -hmm. are being more resilient really because they have that extra stickiness basically so I personally am working with a number of organizations on just this, you know, how can they harness that advocacy so that they don't lose yet more customers, basically. Yeah. It's about creating that value, isn't it? It's that value transaction. And yeah. we've been talking a lot as um, an agency recently in that um, we've got a lot of clients who have uh, like monthly retainers with us, and that's great. Um, and traditionally, you can exchange essentially money for time. Um, but through what we're going through now with the economic downturn and whatnot, we have to be providing more value, whether that's introductions, whether that's submitting um, our clients for awards, whether that's, you know, um, training, whatever it is, there needs to be more value given than just the normal. Yeah. And I think we're seeing that across the board yeah. with lots of products. Like people are happy to, you know, drop their Netflix subscription for a few months while they wait for something else to come out while they watch something you know where go back a few years and people mm. would just have everything and now people were like oh I can be a bit more savvy about this and a bit more smart around what I'm I'm paying for exactly and the thing is if you're part of a community you're much less likely to want to give that up yeah exactly you know whereas if you're just you know you've got your transaction going out like for example actually for in my opinion Netflix does not do very well on the community element it's a very transactional um a very transactional relationship with the yep. organization. Um, and, you know, we all keep using it because it's got great content still, but, you know, they do have to be careful because you just don't know what, who might be coming up behind them, you know, or they don't know who's coming up behind them. Well, we're going to get stuck in some questions, which I'm excited about. I'm excited to uh, okay. dig into your expertise and, and kind of run through these. So Madeline, 
what would be your number one tip for growth either in terms of size of a community or just kind of pushing towards whatever your community's goals and aspirations are? Because maybe your community's goals and aspirations isn't to actually grow in, you know, numerical numbers. Okay. So I think all of this, and I think you touched on this just a minute ago, is value. So answering a need for your customers or members or stakeholders. Um, You know, if you don't do that, and if you're not laser focused on that, you're not going to grow. You know, it's as simple as that. Um, And I think sometimes some businesses kind of get lost or, you know, forget the fact that they are serving the customers within the community. And, you know, sometimes you have uh, discussions or conversations with people where they say, oh, no, well, you know, we, we give them enough value, I'm sure. But actually, you've got to be really laser focused on the value proposition that you're giving your members. You know, what goal or aspirations do they have? What, what pain points do they have? Uh, you know, how is your community answering that? And as long as you're clear on that, then you will be okay. Um, But if you don't answer that and you're not clear on it yourself as an organization, then, you know, you will struggle. And how are you measuring that? Because I'm I'm always aware that community managers are often generalists who can juggle many things at once. And one of those roles is often basically data analyst, which is pretty wild, let's be honest. It's it's it's, It's quite a specific role, which often community managers have to pick up as well. Um, how are you measuring success with with the factors you just mentioned there? Well, in terms of um, value, the offering yeah. of value. Yeah, so, I mean, like, it's very, it's a tricky one. And actually, I think the community industry has been massively impacted with the uh, sort of layoffs that we've been seeing across the world um, in the tech sector in the last few months. But, um, and I think one of the reasons for that is because we're not always brilliant at showing the ROI, the return on investment um, for the uh, the activity that the community is having, having partly because there isn't usually a direct uh, sort of um, financial measurement connected to the community. Um, But the areas that I would look at are, as I say, um, decrease in churn um, numbers, um, increase well, sorry, decrease in the cost of acquiring your customers as well, so that you know that basically you can say, well, the community is obviously helping because we've got uh, more members or customers coming in at lower prices. Um, And then also growth in numbers. But then you can also sort of dig in deeper. I mean, it depends what you're like, as a business, what your focus is as well. Mm. But like you could look in deeper as to like how how many monthly active users there are, also, uh, or daily active users, or general logins, or comments on posts, or likes, or number of event attendees. You know, there's lots of areas that you can track, um, and it depends what the sort of priorities are for the organization in question. Um, so, yeah, but like the message to all community managers is do make sure you're tracking it because, like, find out what's important for the business. And then yeah. make sure you're tracking it because otherwise you, you could be in trouble. Yeah, for sure. That's a really good answer. I've, um, I've got a talk that I, I, I occasionally um, kind of get a chance to share, which is community first, product second, meaning that I think anybody starting a new product should spend the first 
three, six months building the community before they actually ship anything because it's much easier to launch to, even if it's like a hundred members of your community than to, to no one. Um, have you had an experience of working with a product where they focused on kind of building a newsletter or any kind of community before actually having the product or do you generally come in at a later stage where everything's kind of already on, on the road almost? So my personal experience has been that we, the, the latter, because I work a lot with traditional media organizations who have, uh, you know, a sizable customer base and they need to mm-hmm. engage them more effectively. But I do know of lots of examples. So, for example, I don't know if you know Finimize, which is a great yep. community, but they um, very Michelle much built their community first. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they built their community um, before they actually produced their what is their product now. So they had a, you know, built a newsletter, which is now over one million readers, I think, isn't it? Wow. Um, but that's a great example of very much taking your community with you. And I'm, I'm with you 100%. I'd love to hear your talk um, sometime because that whole idea of building a sort of core group that come with you, that yeah. then are your biggest advocates and out in the market, you know, yeah. um, talking about what you're doing is so strong. I think one thing which isn't isn't mentioned, we always talk about customer acquisition or all those kind of things when it comes to community, especially in the early stage. One thing which is often missed out is hiring. Having a strong community where everyone knows what you stand for, who you are, how you treat people, hiring becomes so much easier. People will be you know passing you CVs rather than you really digging for them. If you know, if you totally. Yeah, so much easier. And and hiring is so hard, even with tech layoffs and whatnot going on around the world. It's still hard to find the right good people which align with you. But if you've already got a community of whatever number of people who know your values, know you're active, know your how you work, and you can reach out to that pool of people and they know people and whatnot, it just makes life so much easier. Totally, yeah, definitely. I was speaking to... Um... Katie, the other day, she runs the alumni net, I can't, something, alumni community or something. I can't remember what they're called, Um, but they do exactly that. So they help businesses to actually have internal alumni communities um, Mm. so that they are, and one of the main reasons for for companies to to do that is to make sure there's people on the ground uh, sort of flying the flag of the organization. Um, because actually not only so yes of course you can have your customer community flying the flag and then you can find um, staff that way but also your core staff can also maintain their community can be a community um, and they can also fly the flag either when they're there or after they've worked with you yeah fab so let's chat about engagement so when it comes to we've talked about kind of trying to grow what about trying to keep those people in in membership world do you have a couple of like things that you would instantly look at um to to try and increase engagement yeah i mean again i go back to that point that uh you have to look at what the value is that you're giving and if it turns out that you're not giving that enough um then you probably won't be getting the engagement you're looking for 
engagement is a big term. Like, you know, so what I would always do with clients when I'm talking to them around this point, when they come to me and they say, we need some more engagement, is really drill down on what type of engagement they're looking for. Mm -hmm. So is it, to my point earlier, is it that you want more people to come to your events? Um, is it that uh, you want people to comment more on your posts or share your posts or you know, whatever it might be? Um, and then it's again going back to that question of, okay, so we want, say, for example, more people to come to our events. Okay, that's clear. Or we want people to keep returning to our events, so the same people coming to more events. Um, so that's clear. But then you need to go back to the sort of ambitions or goals or pain points of your members um, and make sure that those events are actually answering those uh, those needs really mm. of the customers um, and then you have a clear sort of uh, focus of what you need to do in, for engagement and then there's lots of ways to uh, generate engagement whether it's challenges or podcasts like you're doing or newsletters or you know whatever it might be or bringing your um you know getting your customers to host events or you know it's it's kind of easier in a way to come up with the the actual mechanism yeah after you've got clear on that sort of fundamental sort of what are you looking for exactly yeah. and you know what is it that your members need yeah from People working in community, the community industry, I hear time and time again that their top tips are clarity. You just need to know what clarity is because I guess um, it would be quite easy for a community manager working by themselves to go off, do loads of great things. But if they haven't got clarity over what their management needs or wants in return, you might be increasing number of comments on your posts or you know increasing the number of um, community written articles or whatever it is but if that's not ultimately turning into the value which the business needs which might be you know dropping customer acquisition or whatever it is um, then you're not returning the correct value you're just returning a different value and while that's not negative it's just maybe not what's required of you right now yeah totally yeah I mean again it goes back to that thing we were saying that you've got to be clear on your business goals mm. as well with your community um because if you know and also get everything everyone in the company aligned on what those yeah. are so involve all the channels around you know so marketing and obviously your yeah. c-suite and so forth um but yes i i'm with you yeah it's not a charitable department it's not it's not just a fluffy little add-on it's it's something which is serious um, can be expensive and, and whatnot. Like it needs to be taken with the same sort of weight and gravitas as the marketing department, for for example. Oh, totally. Um, it can, yes, and it's tough as well. I mean, some people I talk to, they they sort of assume let's just build and people will come. Well, no, I'm afraid it doesn't quite work like that. You know, it does take a huge amount of effort um and authentic effort as well you know a lot of people again are starting to say oh yeah we just need a community well yeah you know that's great i'm really pleased that you do would like to look at this but you know you've got to be authentic in this in this process you know people yeah. will work out if you're just doing it as a sort of tick box or a marketing effort or whatever um you've got to really uh want to help your customers fab so in the next 
12 months in the world of Madeline. What's coming up? What are you excited about? What's going on? Well, I'm hugely excited. I mean, my business is pretty early stage, so I'm hugely excited to grow that um, yet further, hopefully, touch wood. Um, and uh, I'm working with some really interesting organizations at the moment, um, both in the community, uh, sorry, in the membership and subscription space, but also um, not, which is very exciting. Um, so I will look forward to doing more of that, helping them with their growth strategies. Uh, but then we are also, we recently launched the Community Pros of London as well, um, yeah. which is a free and volunteer organization. So if anyone who is in the community industry would like to join, please do sign up. It's communityprosoflondon.com. Um, and we are, yeah, I'm one of the founders for that with Claire and Laura. And so I'm sure we will be busy with that as well, which I'm really excited about. It's really exciting. We've we've had Claire on, um, and I think Laura's joining us on the podcast in a few weeks. So yeah, oh, we'll have the whole, the whole crew Yay. on. So um, yeah, no, really exciting. Good. Yes, I'm very excited about Community Pros Monday. Yeah. It's really good. It's really good. It's really good. It's very much needed. So Madeline, where's the best place for people to find out more about you, about what you're doing, or ask any questions they may have? Yeah, I mean, people should, uh, you know, please do reach out on LinkedIn. It's just Madeleine Milne, all one word, as the end of, you know, whatever, linkedin.com forward slash. <laughs> um, otherwise, my website is uh, customerization. So customer-ization.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been so good to chat and uh, gain your wisdom um, into these topics. And I really do appreciate your time. Well, it's been fantastic to chat to you. I'm so pleased to join you. And uh, yeah, good luck with your podcast and good luck with Steadfast. Fantastic. Thank you. Speak soon.